1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
2: Welcome in. Gorgeous, hot Wednesday in Pittsburgh. My on-air partner, John Hall, continuing his uh, escapades at the beach. I continue to receive uh, what I consider uh, insulting photographs of the... surf crashing the uh nearly empty beach he's on and the perfectly blue sky (laughs) i mean i think i've had it anyway they don't come with text no they never do (laughs) just a little just a little photograph they give you a little shot in the arm i love that that's the voice of lexi Merritt, producer of the ride home sitting in the uh on the other side of this glass that separates us Um, Lexi, we have so much going on in today's show. I want to get to things as quickly as possible. Um, in the five o'clock hour, let me just give you a little glimpse ahead into what's coming up. Um, Adam Jones is going to be with me. He's a former U S army black Hawk pilot, uh, a, uh, author of a really interesting book. And he's going to talk about the language that he thinks God gave him to describe Those of us who are affected by a culture addicted to achievement. That's going to be interesting, right? That's going to give a lot of food for thought for me. I bet it might for you, Lexi. It will. I think it will. And uh, for all of us. Anyway, coming up at 510. Also in the five o'clock hour, a summer digital detox. Do you need it? Uh, And then in this hour, we'll talk about what makes a good marriage um, and uh, what to happen. What to happen? No. What do we do when hectic things happen? Do we have time for God? Um, Also in this hour, if 425 we're going to talk about the jewish holiday that begins tonight and goes into tomorrow with uh, dr jen rosner from fuller theological seminary that and much more plus we're going to talk about a local bakery uh who's won an award and um yep i know it's a lot so let's just get right to it it's time for the top four for lex hit it it's wednesday july 26 2023 happy birthday to lexi Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's Lex's birthday. You sweet thing. Are you 24 today? I am 24 Oh today. my gosh. Happy birthday. Thanks. Super excited to celebrate that. Uh, let's get to the news of the day, though. Number one, the federal judge presiding over the tree of life trial of Robert Bowers uh, denied a motion by the defense to have Bowers' father's body exhumed to confirm his paternity. In a three-page order issued this afternoon, U.S. District Judge Robert Colville said the motion was untimely and the defense itself injected paternity into the case. The defense requested to exhume the body of Randall G. Bowers, which is entombed in Shaler, to prove paternity and potentially provide a hereditary link to schizophrenia, which Bowers' father had been diagnosed with. Randall Bowers died by suicide in 1979. Despite documentation and evidence that Randall Bowers is the biological father of Robert, the government has speculated throughout the trial that he is not the father, attempting to undermine the genetic basis for the defendant's mental illness. Read more about that in today's Trib. Number two. Probably heard at the top of the hour that Hunter Biden, President Biden's son, pleaded not guilty to tax charges today. That was a surprise, a stunning reversal, even after a judge said she wasn't yet prepared to accept a deal he reached with prosecutors to plead guilty. The three hour hearing, according to today's Wall Street Journal, was testy. A lawyer for Biden's son at first clashed with prosecutors over a dispute about the potential for future charges that haven't yet been disclosed. After a break in which the two sides clarified their agreement, U.S. District Judge Noriega said she needed more info before deciding whether she was going to sign off or not. This, of course, is the latest twist in this crazy story. This has meandered back and forth for literally years. I mean, it's not like this is just the last couple months, but it has been years Um, after uh, the Justice Department's investigation into Hunter Biden's finances into his business dealings and, of course, his drug and alcohol addiction. But here's the thing. After today, it's certain that this is going to continue to be front and center in the 2024 presidential campaign. Number three, you probably also heard at the top of the hour that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell abruptly left a news conference this afternoon after he froze midway through his opening remarks and appeared to be unable to resume speaking immediately. McConnell began talking at the GOP's Leadership Weekly News Conference, talking about the major defense budget bill, but then froze and remained silent for about 20 seconds, staring straight ahead. Mitch McConnell is 81 years old. Uh, He did return after several minutes, and when asked about it, he said, I'm fine. This incident, of course, takes place about four months after he fell and suffered a concussion and a broken rib at a private dinner at a Washington hotel in early March. And number four, I've got a weird animal story for you just to celebrate Lexi's birthday. It might be Shark Week, but sharks aren't the only hammerheads to watch out for this summer. An invasive hammerhead worm packs the poisonous power of a pufferfish and the grossly slithering stamina of a snake. And it's been spotted along the east coast of our country. And that's the top four at four. Isn't that disgusting? Yeah, that's definitely weird. Yeah, they've been described as creepy, slithering, predatory flatworms. That's... Yeah. Okay, you want to hear what's, what's so gross about them? Well, sure, I okay. guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not giving you a choice, really. Yeah. Okay, so if you go out in your driveway, Lex, and you see a hammerhead worm, and you are disgusted because it is really gross-looking, um, they can grow up to be 10 inches long. Okay, so it's not like this is a little 3-inch guy. Uh, and you uh, split the worm in two? Don't worry, because the two ends will slither off independently into the grass and will regenerate a new worm in 10 days.
3: <laughs> awesome. And
2: then, and then you'll have t- two hammerhead
3: works. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> as gross as they are and how... Awful that is. That is also kind of cool. I
2: know, well, It is cool. It is cool, except that they eat all the earthworms around there. Oh,
3: OK. So yeah. they're super invasive. Yeah,
2: they're land planarians is what they're called. They have long, thick bodies with a flat, wide head. Ew. They come from Southeast Asia. See, the things that people like would they climbed in someone's luggage. I don't know. I don't know either. And and you know what? Uh, The bad news is I underestimated. They grew up to be 15 inches long. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Well, so how do you kill them if you... Well, I'm glad you asked. You have to either uh, hit them... Wait. (laughs) Hit them with a hammer? No. With (laughs) citrus oil and vinegar. Oh. But you have to put it directly on the worm. Or you can put them in a plastic storage bag like a Ziploc, but you have to put salt in there too or they'll like like the bag and grow bigger.
4: Oh, oh my gosh, That's like the worst. That They're... just feels like that feels
2: like a lot. Yeah, it a is worm. a lot and I'm happy to use that on your birthday to celebrate. <laughs> Coming up next, Josh Brown will be with us. Do you have time for God when life is hectic? If you don't, I bet you should. We'll talk about it next.
5: WORD.
6: In order to break the cycles of destruction in our lives, we need more than willpower. We need God's power.
7: Here's Mark Job. You know how many alcoholics say, I never want to grow up and be an alcoholic like my dad and
6: repeat the cycle? Just not wanting to be it doesn't guarantee you're not going to repeat it. How to move into your next season with God's help, no matter your struggle. Next time on Family Life Today with David Ann Wilson
8: tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD
9: On MyPillow's 20th year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You'll receive a queen size MyPillow for nineteen ninety eight. regular price is $69.98 and just $10 more for king size In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products such as bed sheets, mattress top. Slippers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers and so much more. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the queen size my pillow for 1998. Or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code word This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com, call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954. People always ask me,
10: why should I call Mr. Rooter Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner, Bob Bill learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Ruter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412 Ruter 2 today. The
5: extracurricular activities. The traffic. The nightly homework. The traffic. The finding time to eat dinner together as a family. The traffic. Back to school can be stressful. Thanks to Ziploc, meal prep doesn't have to be. New Ziploc bags with Stay Open Design have a patented stand-up bottom that helps keep the bag upright and a top crease that folds and holds for easy filling, unlocking a second set of hands in the kitchen. If only it unlocked a second set of lanes. New Ziploc brand freezer and storage bags with Stay Open Design from SC Johnson, a family company.
7: MVP's bonus days are back at Lowe's. Find special savings on top brands like DeWalt. Right now, save $60 when you buy a DeWalt Impact Driver or Drill for just $99 each. Plus, MVP's Pro Rewards members will earn three times the bonus points when shopping the Pro Zone. Shop in-store and online today. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. DeWalt offer valid 717 through 82. Bonus points calculated before tax and fees after applicable discounts, if any. Vowel through 728. Subject to change.
2: I think it's just me. I think we're living in a hectic time. I think that uh, we tend to reward busyness, not just in ourselves, but in each other. And so the more hectic uh, life gets, uh, I think the better we feel about ourselves. That being said, I think there are just times when life is busy. It's not that we're, you know, trying to stay relevant or uh, trying to make ourselves feel good about us. I think sometimes it just happens. But either way, I guess the question is, does uh, time for God kind of go out the window when things get busy? The Reverend Josh Brown is back with us. Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood of Pittsburgh is his home base. Josh, welcome back.
11: Kathy, thanks for having me once again.
2: All right. This is something I'm really bad at, Josh. Um, When things get busy, uh, it's not that I forget about God, but I certainly don't. I mean, time with God does tend to go out the window.
11: It does. I think when we when we get overwhelmed in particular seasons of life, whether it's just a really bad day or week or, or longer than that, there are certain things that we just maybe don't make a conscious decision to abandon, but tend to tend to fall by the wayside. And, and sometimes they end up being the things that we um, uh, actually need the most, but we see them as maybe not providing immediate, practical returns. So that's one of the reasons why we can let go of them a little bit more easy. By that I mean we think, well okay, I I know I should maybe spend a little bit of time reading some scripture or praying today, but I do that often and it's a good thing. And and I don't see like an immediate practical kind of dividend return. Mm -hmm. So it's okay if I let it go. And that just misses the point, I think, of what those times are for in the first place.
2: I also think it's frustrating that, uh, and I'm just speaking for myself here, but I know the right answer to this question, right? So if you say, Kathy, uh, when you're busy, should you uh, jettison your time with God? I know the right answer is no, <laughs> right. right? I mean, it's not like I don't get it, uh, but it does betray to me the fact that I really don't believe my own theology if I'm if I'm still doing it.
11: That's a that's a part of it too, and uh, you know, it's also we we tend to not make the decisions that we know like are logically right, or as you said, are, are factually true, or are really they have a lot of value to them. We, In, in those moments where we're feeling a little overwhelmed or we're, we're operating a little bit more from some emotion, we tend not to make those decisions in, in all areas of life, right? I mean, we all know that sitting down with an entire court of Ben and Jerry's is not like the best thing to do when you're stressed, but we all do it anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have those moments where yeah, you say, okay, in my head, I understand this. I know that in my head, but in the moment where I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm feeling stressed, I'm going to look for something that uh maybe i think is going to address that or or just uh i i just can't i can't even set aside a couple minutes in my schedule for whatever reason uh and so i'm going to just skip this and i'll pick it up later um or i think sometimes there's a feeling of well i'm not sure that i actually like what i'd have to face if i sit down for that moment mm. maybe that maybe that's operating at a little bit yeah. deeper level yeah, that yeah, we yeah. don't even like to admit to ourselves but hey if i if i take those 5 minutes to just quiet myself to just present myself before the Lord to listen, I think I know what I might hear, mm. and I don't think that's going to make me comfortable right now. And so that's that might be operating at a little lower level than we even like to acknowledge to ourselves, but that could be part of it.
1: Yeah.
2: So I think you're right about that, and I feel um, I feel like that's the only real path. To healing from whatever it is you're trying to avoid is the stop and kind of assess it um, or at least let it sit with it even before you get to the assessment part is just being able to sit with it. Um, yeah. Can you talk about your own experience with this, Josh? I mean, I know you're you're a pastor of a church, and I'm sure you've talked to people about things like you know devotional time and uh, consistency and that sort of thing. but what what about you? is it Is it hard to do that when you're trying to balance the needs of a busy church?
1: It is
11: hard and I would never try to pretend that I've got some you know, something figured out about this that other people don't or that I don't struggle with some of those same things. That would just be that'd be disingenuous. It it is it's hard to do that kind of stuff and I and I think there's a another uh thing that can happen for pastors or for people who are involved in ministry of to say, Well, yeah, yeah, I spent twenty minutes today um in my Bible, but you were, you know, doing word studies or you're Mm -hmm. trying to write a sermon or something like that. And that's not, and that's important. And that's a part of what you do, but that's not just sitting there with it. So there can be, even sometimes when we're doing a kind of objectively saying like, well, I did that good thing. Um, it's, we're still not doing it for the reasons we should or in the ways that we should, but yeah, it's challenging to do that. And some of it is, Um, some, depending people are wired differently, right? Some people do have the discipline. Some people have the discipline where they can say, you know what, I'm going to put, I'm going to literally put this on my calendar or set an alarm or like a daily reminder for myself so that I can sit down and read my scripture and, and that's good. And that some people, that is enough for them. Other people, whether it's a a spouse or a friend or a roommate, um, need somebody to just lovingly (laughs) ask them, not, not in a reprimand kind of way, but just, um hey how's your day today do you have any time where you could just catch your breath for a few minutes and spend some time with the lord and if you need somebody that can do that for you in a loving way that's fine but um there are different ways that we can help ourselves to do it i think some of it depends on your personality but some of it just involves taking that first step in some direction
2: yeah um I've talked on the air for a long time, Josh, about how, uh, mine and my husband's personality is so different. Um, my husband gets up at around four fifteen in the morning and by six o'clock, he's, he's done his yoga. He's done a full workout. He's done his devotions and his prayer time. Right now. I will never, I, I don't care how many alarms I set. I wouldn't, I would never do that. It's just right. would never, it would never <laughs> happen. So, uh, and I, I kind of wish I was like that. Um, But I'm never going to be like that. So if I'm, you know, kind of a blank slate, I recognize the who I am, that I'm not a a, a rise early person, then what things would you tell me? Like, what what things would I keep in mind to uh, keep a regular time with God going?
11: Yeah, that's, that's a real good point there, too, Kathy. And um, some of it is that that, that kind of relates, I think, to the personality types that I was talking about. Personality types, schedule types, different things. Um, when Paul says, you know, when he writes in Scripture to pray without ceasing or pray continually, I think it's pretty common. You'll hear a lot of people say, well, look, that clearly doesn't mean that that is the only thing you do. Throughout the 24 hours of your day, but it means that it should be something that is just—it's a regular kind of a part of it. So, that could be as simple as you know, if people have people have pets, and you got to take your dog out for a walk. Um, you know, maybe maybe you don't listen to uh, music for that 15-minute mm. walk or something. Yeah. maybe it's just maybe it's just a hey, I'm just going to think and reflect and talk to the Lord here. Um, it, you know, it if you if you're too distracted when you try to do that, then you're not going to accomplish something. But something that I think is fairly you know, you can multitask while you're walking your dog or something like that can be good. Or just giving yourselves a couple minutes in between things. I mean, even if you're moving real quickly from one one event to the next, and most of us are usually running a few minutes behind, if you can even just take a couple, 30 seconds or something, just a couple deep breaths and just, uh, you know, Lord, thank you for thank you for the opportunity to do this next thing that I'm about to do, whatever it is. um be near to me as I do that and help me to be aware of your presence. Those little those little kind of prayers that you're doing just throughout the day, those kind of things can be good. And if for you, it sounds like if your husband's uh, the early riser and I don't know if you're the later in the evening yep, type person yep. then. But all right, well, you know, maybe a little bit of time before you go to bed and just uh, a little bit of time of prayer or scripture like that can be, can be good for you and for you and your husband to not make the other person feel like their way's wrong.
0: Right, sure.
11: It's <laughs> probably part of it.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I appreciate that little bit of marital <laughs> counseling you injected.
11: <laughs> sure, of course,
2: yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Josh Brown from Belfield Presbyterian Church in Oakland. Um, Josh, what are we missing when we don't do this?
11: Well, I think... Well, let me maybe enter into that answer with this way. It is very easy for this to become something that you beat yourself up over or that you give yourself an enormous pat on the back. Like most areas in our spiritual life, this can become a kind of thing that we do to earn God's favor or to keep ourselves in good standing. And if we start to get into that mentality with it, the only two places that kind of mentality ever goes are a place of despair or a place of pride. It's despair if you think, oh my gosh, I haven't read, oh my gosh, I haven't read my Bible in like a week now. I haven't even said any kind of prayer in like a week or whatever it is. I'm horrible. I'm a terrible person. My relationship with God is ruined. That's not true. Um, That's not true. You're in that place because you think it entirely depends on the um, quality of your behavior. The flip side of that is thinking, I am in the best place with God. Everything is going great, specifically because I got up and said my memorized prayer for six days in a row and again you're in, a, you're in a place of thinking it depends on that so what you're what to your question I think if you're doing it first of all understanding like this is look this is not to check off the boxes and make sure that I've got my time sheet all filled out with God but to say this is an opportunity for me to just be near to the Lord to offer what's on my heart he knows what's there anyway I mean scripture says before a word is on our lips he knows it completely so it's a time for me to just offer and open up to the Lord. It's a time for me to listen. It's a time for me to to ask God, what are you trying to show me from some of these things? So what you're missing is not a chance to climb the ladder higher. What you're missing is just time with the God who loves you and has given you all things in Christ.
2: It's kind of like, you know, what are you missing if you don't talk to your best friend? Well, yeah. you're, you're, you're missing just hanging out with your best friend, or you're hanging out with your spouse, or hanging out with you know the animal you love best, or whatever. You'd be missing out on that time, and exactly. once and once you have it and appreciate it, you don't want to miss out on it.
11: No, that's exactly it. It's it's you're not yeah you're not doing it to earn a reward. You're not doing it to make yourself. You're not doing it to offset the terrible thing that you did yesterday. Um, you're doing it simply because this is an opportunity The fact we, we can, the book of Hebrews says we can draw near to the throne of grace and find help in our time of need. And that's incredible. The fact that we can draw near to the Lord, the fact that he delights to hear our prayers, the fact that, um, he calls us his beloved children, as first John three says, those are just incredible things to reflect on. And so anything that you can do that allows you to just experience that, Mm. uh, that's the motivation behind it or should be.
2: Should be. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Josh, I, I really appreciate this reminder. Um, and as you leave us, though, uh, tell us about Belfield Church in Oakland. What are you guys doing? And um, I know you're a university church or at least a church close to a university campus. What's it like in the summer?
11: Yeah, well, because we are right in the middle of the University of Pittsburgh and near to a couple of other ones, uh, some areas uh, uh, around us tend to slow down a little bit in the summer. But there's still a lot of ways that we, as a congregation, are trying to be involved in the community. Um, still, a lot of work that we do to try to reach out to just the, the neighborhoods around us and care for for those folks. So we are we are keeping our eye. Uh, in just another month, things really do kind of burst back into life here in Oakland. So we're, we're gearing up for that. We're always excited when students come back. But uh, in the meantime, there's always opportunities to just let people know about the good news of Jesus and, and share his love with uh, those around us.
2: That's Josh Brown. He's from Belfield Presbyterian Church. What's the website there, Josh, if people want more info?
11: Uh, it's Bellfield.org. That's B-E-L-L-E-F-I-E-L-D.org, and you can link to all kinds of other platforms from there, and that should have anything that you need.
2: Terrific! Thank you, Josh, for your time. Always good to talk to you.
11: Thanks, Kathy. Have a good one. I'll talk to you soon.
2: Bellfield.org. That's B-E-L-L-E-F-I-E-L-D. Bellfield Church in Oakland. Coming up next, we'll talk about Tisha B'Av, the Jewish holiday that starts at sundown today. It's next. Find us in the ride home.
12: Uncle Ryan has challenged us to explain in our own words why our direct lender advantage is awesome for Word FM listeners who want to buy a new home or do a cash out refinance. Challenge accepted. Let's say you come to us for an ice cold lemonade. Best on the block, baby. Now luckily, we've got our own lemons from the lemon tree in our backyard. There's no trips to the grocery store. No middleman. Which means no paying extra to the middleman. No added time going back and forth with grocery lemon person. And most importantly... We're Using our own lemons, so we can often charge you less than good old Johnny boy down the street. Doesn't Johnny know this is our street? We are United Faith Mortgage. Our direct lender advantage often allows us to move faster. And because we're using our own money within our own walls, we can often get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. UnitedFaithMortgage.com
13: United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. 1330. 30. That's the way to Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to twenty six thousand dollars per employee. There is still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W two employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan, and can be claimed now. The licensed. C- file roofing siding or remodeling what is
7: done right, call doing it right.
13: 724
1: new roof
0: we are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 FM pittsburgh at wordfm.com the word fm mobile app iheart tune in and odyssey
8: Increasing clouds tonight with a heavy late-night thunderstorm. There can be flooding in low-lying and poor drainage areas, the low 74. It'll be humid tomorrow with some sunshine, the high 87. Humid tomorrow night with patchy clouds and a low of 70. Hot and humid Friday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Make sure to stay hydrated when you're outside in this heat. We'll reach a high of 92. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
2: The Jewish holiday of Tisha B'Av starts tonight at sundown. So to tell us what we're missing and what we need to know, I've invited Dr. Jen Rosner back on the show. Jen is affiliate assistant professor of systematic theology at Fuller Theological Seminary in sunny Pasadena. Welcome in, Jen. How are you?
3: Thanks. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
2: super excited to have you because as I told you in our text uh, conversation earlier, you know, me reading up about it and talking about this holiday to a Pittsburgh audience is just profoundly ridiculous. Um, so I figured, let's go to Jen. Uh, this is your history. Uh, is it your practice also?
3: It is. Yes, it is. We we observe Tisha B'Av and the other Jewish holidays as well. It's not much of a holiday, Tisha B'Av, right. but, yeah, but it's we not, observe
2: it. Yeah, so it's not a holiday at all. Um, talk about what you're observing on this day and why it's important.
3: Yeah, yeah, great question. Well, Tisha B'Av, which, as you said, begins tonight at sundown, is known as the saddest day in the Jewish year. Um, And it's actually the culmination of three weeks of sort of mourning in the Jewish calendar. It's, It's kind of crazy, actually. There's a whole series of events historically that have all happened on this day, all of which are... Sort of terrible for the Jewish people. So it actually begins way back in Numbers 13 uh, when we read about the 12 spies who go and kind of buy out the land and come back with this uh, this sort of bad report. And they're terrified and they cause you know panic among the people of Israel. Um, both Jewish temples were destroyed on this day. So the first temple that gets destroyed by the Babylonians in 586 BC, the second temple that gets destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD, Um, the Bar Kokhba revolt was crushed on this day. That's a, was one of the Jewish revolts against the Roman empire in the second century, like the crusades began on this day. The Jews were expelled from Spain in 1492 on this day. Um, also, if you forward to the 20th century, there were sort of significant tragedies in World War One and World War Two that took place on this day, and sort of most recently on Tisha B'Av is when Israel disengaged from Gaza in 2005, which was sort of seen as a great tragedy to many Israelis, many Jews worldwide. So it's sort of this this day with this very layered tragic history, all of these different events. Uh, that all happened on this day.
2: First of all, that's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I never knew that uh the that as far as we know, the uh the destruction of of the first and second temple were on the same day.
3: Right. 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 And I think some of this, I mean, some of its tradition, some of its sure. actual history, um uh, but but that's the primary kind of remembrance on this day is when the two temples were destroyed and sort of mourning the loss of the temple, which of course stood as the center of Jewish religious life. Um, and so traditional traditional to read the book of Lamentations, uh, which is, you know, this sort of sad, um, you know, it's such a sad book uh, remembering sort of these, this terrible destruction. Um, and, and so it's a day where we fast and we re- refrain from, you know, frivolous fun things, and it's sort of a day to kind of focus on um, the loss. It, it's kind of become a day to remember. I mean, it has that list that we just talked about. It's not. It, it's mainly focused on the Jewish temples that were destroyed, but it's also just kind of sitting with and remembering so many tragedies that have taken place um, with the Jewish people over many, many centuries.
2: Jen, what do you think the, um, the position of the Christian should be on a day like today? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, it's a great question. And I think it sort of um, segues into what is actually, for me, the most meaningful part of Tisha B'Av in this time in the Jewish calendar. I mean, I think, first of all, I think it's very important for Christians to just be sort of aware of what's going on in the Jewish world throughout the Jewish calendar, um, and this is a day where, you know, I think it's good for Christians to be just mindful of the the tragedies that have taken place, uh, you know, d- toward the Jewish people over the centuries. The reality of anti-Semitism in our day, you know, it's not just a past thing that the Jewish people were sort of targeted in different ways. Um, and so it's a way for Christians to kind of come alongside the Jewish people. But I also think it's this, Tisha B'Av, marks this really interesting turning point in the Jewish calendar. Um, And and the way that we kind of can enter into that is by looking at the weekly readings that Jews all over the world do. So there's like a reading cycle uh, that Jews all over the world, they read a a section from the Torah every week. And then they also read a section from like the prophets or the writings every week. And so for three weeks leading up to Tisha B'Av, the reading cycle tough text in the process of the writing is is text focused on judgment so for example, Isaiah 1 which discusses you know Israel as this rebellious nation it's a time of, kind of introspection for the Jewish people remembering Israel's own disobedience and and God's judgment really on the people and then, Tisha B'Av marks a, a drastic turn in that reading cycle, and we enter into what's called seven weeks of consolation leading up to Rosh Hashanah, which mm. is the Jewish New Year that happens seven weeks after Tisha B'Av, and those readings, I mean, this is like, this is what's so meaningful to me, all of the readings kind of leading out of Tisha B'Av and towards Rosh Hashanah our readings of consolation. It's these seven weeks of consolation where we read, for example, texts like Isaiah 49, which is all about restoration Mm, and God sort of coming again, coming anew to his people. And so I think to answer your question about what does this mean for Christians, Ultimately, Tisha B'Av is a very sad day, but it sort of ushers in this season of remembrance that God is faithful to his people, that the destruction is not the last word. Yeah. And I think that's a helpful thing for Christians to sit with, that God doesn't abandon the people of Israel. They are not rejected. And there's these are such strong themes in Judaism, and yet so often Christian theology tends to sort of like assume that because the Jews killed Jesus or, you know, whatever other tropes have, have gotten hammered throughout history, that God, you know, has ultimately rejected his people. Right. And while Tisha B'Av sort of seems like that, it leads us into this time of consolation where God says, comfort, comfort my people. And we're reminded that this is still God's covenant people. Des- despite the disobedience, despite the rebellion, despite the destruction, God, sticks with his people. And I think that's a really powerful message for Christians to ponder with with regard to God's covenant with the people of Israel, that it's enduring and it's not ultimately threatened even by these horrible, you know, events that have happened throughout history.
1: Yeah.
2: Essential, Jen, then for all Christians to remember that the story of salvation didn't start with the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, we're so gifted that we that God has given us this book so that we can see the story um, mm-hmm. unfold from the beginning. So, Jen, I can't mm-hmm. thank you enough for finding time for us today. Yeah, my pleasure. It's great to be here. Good to talk to you as well. That's Jen Rosner, Affiliate Assistant Professor of Systematic Theology at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. All right, we're taking a break, but when we come back, what makes for a good marriage? Our friend Ann Kennedy will join us upstate New York. We'll talk about it next. Good, bad, otherwise. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. 101.5
5: WORD.
8: It's summer in Pittsburgh, but already Word FM is talking about heading back to school. Back to school! If you've ever considered sending your child to a Christian school, but the cost was holding you back, check out the WORD half-price tuition deals now at WordFM.com. Send your child to a school that's teaching them the same values you're teaching at home for the full year, but only pay for half.
9: See the complete list of schools now at WordFM.com. On MyPillow's 20th year anniversary, with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You'll receive a queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price is $69.98, and just $10 more for a king size. In addition to the special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com. And click on the radio podcast square to receive Mike's amazing offer on the Queen's High's My Pillow for 19 Or call 800 391 0954. Use promo code WORD. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last, and a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. It's time to start getting the quality sleep we not only want, but need. Go to MyPillow.com, call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954.
4: I have diabetes.
14: When you begin a project, it's important to have the right tools. When you study the Bible, it's important to have the right system. The book Knowable Word presents a proven three-step approach to help you correctly interpret and learn from God's Word without relying on commentaries. This is a system the author has used successfully for years. Ask for your copy of Knowable Word, available today from Truth for Life at truthforlife.org. donate
2: Our friend Ann Kennedy has been a monthly guest on our show for a long, long time, and uh, the number one thing I love from Ann is just the honest truth. When you got a lot of people who come on the radio and try to, you know, kind of gloss over the issues that they have, or you know give you like the best viewpoint of something. Well sometimes the great thing about it is she'll give you the worst viewpoint of something, but it's always the real viewpoint. Anne Kennedy's with us, author of Nailed It Three Sixty Five, Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. Anne lives in upstate New York where she mothers six kids and lives with her husband, an Anglican priest. Anne, am I lying with what I said about you?
12: Uh well it's I hope it's true. Yes. Whatever is true for me every day must be the absolute truth. So I'm going with that.
2: <laughs> no, I like that very much. Now, I, I appreciated the fact that in spite of all of the children that you've birthed and all that you have going on in your life right now, you one of the topics you thought we could talk about was what makes a good marriage.
12: Oh, well, yes. I read a really terrible article last week. Uh, the, and it was some person who meant well who was sort of you know rambling on about what marriage is and in the process just basically said everything that marriage isn't mm. and uh and then you know this nice person concluded that you should give it a go for as long as you feel comfortable and then when it's not working anymore um that's fine too and yeah it really made me mad because my husband and I do a lot of premarital and postmarital Uh, counseling with people who are having a hard time. And there's a lot of things you can do wrong um, to make your marriage worse. So I wished I could write to this person, but instead I just wrote a blog post. (laughs) Well, sure.
2: (laughs) Uh, So uh, talk about the things that we can do that set the marriage back.
12: Well, one thing I've noticed, and this person probably would concur, is you can really not – don't talk to each other very – deeply, uh, or at all, you know, don't just shelve your communication, <laughs> put it on a shelf, don't ever dust it off, leave it there with your Bible, and uh, don't ta- don't let the other person know who you are, uh, don't be vulnerable, don't, um, you know, don't let them, don't use words. Mm, yeah. <laughs> just with the, the first and the best thing you can do to wreck your marriage is to just not have time, Or just decide not to talk to the person you're married to because it's a hassle or you don't think they deserve uh, real communication, which I'm I'm coming across that more and more. People just don't think, well, the other person just doesn't get me, and so I'm just not going to bother. And um, so that's the best way to wreck everything. Um, And then I would say the second best thing you can do to wreck your marriage is to uh, always put yourself first um, before the other person Every day of the week and mm-hmm. within a few years you won't have to worry because you probably won't be married anymore so <laughs> so that'll be easy yes those are my top two uh, okay let me yeah, add, let me add a is, third
2: let me can I tack one onto okay. your list okay yes, the, yes. Uh, the other one uh, is something you've already alluded to which is uh, the third easiest way to wreck your marriage is to just always have in the back of your head that there's an escape chute that whenever things get difficult or he gets weird or she gets weird, that I can just get out of it.
12: Yes, that's a brilliant one. Just don't plan your exit while you're, you know, plating your tross. While you're planning your wedding, um, decide under what conditions you would leave the other person. Uh, that's a really good one because then the other person is always on trial And you're always in a posture of judgment about whether or not they deserve to be with you Mm -hmm. and whether you can really be happy with them. And I found over the years that the best way to wreck things is to shame the other person, make them feel bad and judged really from the moment they wake up in the morning until the end of the day. (laughs) (laughs) That's like a very satisfying experience if you're in a bad mood and you can just make the other person feel bad about who they are in an existential way um, that there is a certain kind of glowing satisfaction you can get from that, but it also will probably mean the end of your marriage. So I, um, you know, weigh it in the balance. But, but the, the thing that's shocking about these things that I'm naming, I think previous generations knew that you shouldn't do any of these things um, and knew that a relationship with, with another person was so valuable even if it cost you your own sense of what you were owed or even who you are it was so precious and valuable to be related to another person as family that it was worth the cost mm-hmm. and that is not people are are weighing it in the balance and deciding that it's not worth it and that's what i'm finding sort of shocking and so all the marriage advice that i'm running to running across in the secular world is trying to mitigate, you know, create conditions under which you could decide not to communicate well, um, not to give of yourself fully and to have an escape route, but still sort of have a marriage for a while that works for you. And Mm -hmm. really, if you don't have those, if you decide to take that path, um, it's not really a great marriage and you're going to be unhappy from the first day. So why would you do that? But I think most people can't even conceive that there is another way which was known a mere 15 minutes ago culturally
2: and kennedy's with us she has a brand new substack called demotivation am i right about that that's the title
12: yes demotivations with Anne. i'm here like one of those posters you know with the, <laughs> with eagle, the eagle flying across right. that says you're going to fail tomorrow or something like
2: that <laughs> okay i'm going to bring up a controversial one Anne. Uh And you can uh, respond to this however you think is appropriate, however you feel, because I I, I know that you're really concerned about not giving your honest opinion here. But here's the thing: I think one of the quickest ways to wreck your marriage is to have different bank accounts. Oh yes. What do you think about that? That is a
12: good one. That is a good one. That is a good way to wreck your marriage. There are a few people I've met a few people in my life who have been able to have separate bank accounts, and they're still married. Uh but they are sort of very exceptionally holy, okay. and they suffered a lot in advance, and they are very good at communicating and they don't ha- they don't they're not doing all the other things that we said they could do, <laughs> like they communicate well, they don't have an escape route, and they put themselves last and so I think under those conditions, it could work, but it's a bad idea because um you should share your money because that's where your heart lies (laughs) so if you can't talk about your money and you can't share your money together then you are not really um you're not really joined in a sort of very meaningful and different i say that as somebody my husband just made me my own bank account for the first time in my married life Hmm. but he can he can see it we see each other's bank accounts and we can put money in, 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 um, in each other's accounts whenever we yeah. feel like it is, yeah, part, yeah. you know, but, um,
2: I, I bring, I bring it up and because more than anything, that's what my husband and I have fought about since we got married 30 years ago. Um, and so of course you'd say, well, why don't you just remove that thing? So you won't fight about anything. But here's the thing. The reason we're fighting about it is because it's important to us. And if we take that away then we're just not, we're, it's not going to be an iron sharpening iron thing. It's not going to be, there's really not going to be any growth there. There's just going to be avoidance.
12: Yeah. I think if you're not able to talk about money and argue about it, peaceably argue so that you can reach a conc- a real conclusion and, a, and you can get on the same page over and over and over again, you really don't grow in your relationship with, that person. And money is so essential because what you really believe about the world is going to be reflected in how you spend money. And uh, if you don't agree, and most people don't, incidentally, (laughs) I haven't met to been involved with two young people yet who absolutely agreed on the priorities of spending money. And they can't even agree when they're getting married, like what they should spend the money on. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's, if, you can, if you can share your money and talk about it, you are going to win in the game of marriage. Um, but you do have to talk about it every day or at least once a week. Um, that's when we, we have always encouraged people to have what we've called a date night, but really just means that you have a difficult conversation at the end of the week where you do festivists. <laughs> like you recriminate against each other for a yes. while.
15: Yeah, air your grievances. Then you, yes.
12: Then you tell the other person how wonderful they are for a while. Um, and you have to mean it and it has to be real. And then you talk about, um, then you bear your soul and tell them how you feel inadequate. And if you do those three things and you mix up a lot of talk about money into the mix, you will be uh, like a. a Uber married person.
2: <laughs> I love that. That's Ann Kennedy. She's the author of Nailed It: 365 Sarcastic Devotionals for Angry and Worn Out People. You can also check out her Substacks, her Substack Demotivation with Ann. Ann, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for having me. And tell your husband I said hi. I'm glad you're still married. Oh, I will. I will.
12: And same to yours.
7: Doing it right: roofing, siding, remodeling the first owens corning mvp in pittsburgh and one of the longest tenured platinum contractors in the pittsburgh region Call 724-NEW-GROOF. What
13: done right? Call Doing It
16: right.
13: This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800 530 Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605.
16: 800-533-6605. The recent bank failures are serving as a warning about how fragile our banking system really is. As millions of Americans panic, do you know what central banks are doing? Well, they're actually buying up gold at record levels. They're relying on it as a safe haven during these difficult times. That's how confident they are in the dollar. Hi, I'm Lance Wallnau, Christian author and evangelical leader to millions of people just like you. We're all Americans who want to protect our family's savings no matter what. I tell people the best option is to diversify their 401k or IRA into physical gold or silver with the help of Birch Gold Group. To see how it works, just text the word FAITH. To the number 989898 to get a free information kit on gold IRAs. Look, there's no strings attached. It's not going to hurt you to take action now. So take the first step today and educate yourself. Get your free info kit when you text faith to 989898 98 98 right now. And I pray you and your family are greatly blessed.
12: I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now.
7: The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives.
6: We carry with us more than the academics,
12: but a strong, Christ-centered
6: foundation.
12: I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life.
7: Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it right.
1: 724 New Roof.
2: My husband and I were walking around uh, the Strip District last Thursday night, and it was hot night, really nice. We were walking around the terminal building and Went to get some gelato and just kind of, you know, see what was going on. It was really, we heard some music and got some coffee. And anyway, um, as we were walking around and kind of then walking into downtown Pittsburgh, it's just shocking how many office buildings in that whole area um, are Largely vacant or at least somewhat vacant. And according to yesterday's Trib, it's a continuing trend that's throwing the local market out of whack as everyone tries to figure out what Pittsburgh looks like after the pandemic. Um, the second quarter marked the seventh consecutive quarter of rising vacancy rates, um, which right now is at twenty-two and a half percent, a record high for the Pittsburgh market. Now, how about that? Twenty two and a half percent. Percent of all of the properties uh, in Pittsburgh, downtown and surrounding neighborhoods, um, total vacancy rate. I mean, that's really something. So before COVID, it was at about 14%. So it went from 14% to almost 23%. Um, the overall asking rate for rent also inched up during the quarter, um, Class A buildings rose to twenty nine dollars thirteen cents a square foot, and of course there are negotiations now uh, between tenants and uh, owners and all that sort of thing. Um, because I don't, I wonder if leasing, uh, if the um, if the amount of time stipulated in the lease is becoming less and less because people aren't they don't want to commit you know, that far ahead. They're not sure what they're going to be doing a year from now, or they don't know what they're going to be doing five years from now. Um, North of the city in the Cranberry area, of course, and again, still reading from the Trib, Westinghouse and Accredo Health Group renewed their leases without cutting their footprint. Westinghouse and Accredo maintained their space at 113,000 square feet and 99,000 square feet, respectively. Um, And the article goes on to say that uh, it's not that everybody's leaving. It's not that everybody's downsizing. Pittsburgh isn't alone in sorting through the uh, trying to figure out what the new normal is. Higher vacancies are playing out all across the country country. Um, And being in downtown, it it feels different now than it did before COVID. I was walking through Market Square and I always love Market Square. I spent a lot of time there. It feels a little sketch right now around sundown. It does. It just seems like It's a changed environment. I don't know. I'd kind of be interested if any of you guys think the same things. You can find us online. You can message us on uh, Facebook or find us on Twitter or any of those things. Anyway, thoughts for us here in Pittsburgh. And much more to come in the second hour, so stay close. The Wednesday edition
0: is The Ride Home. One hundred one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying Play the Word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart TuneIn and Odyssey seven
6: fifty one
17: with S R N News I'm John Scott President Biden's son Hunter has pleaded not guilty to two tax crimes after a plea deal with federal prosecutors unraveled following the judge's concerns over the agreement prosecutors were planning to recommend two years of probation. The judge gave defense lawyers and prosecutors 90 days to explain why she should accept the initial plea deal. Today's hearing has concluded. The Federal Reserve raised its key interest rate for the 11th time in 17 months, a streak of hikes that are intended to curb inflation but also carry the risk of going too far and triggering a recession. The move lifted the Fed's benchmark short-term rate from roughly 5.1 to 5.3 percent its highest level since 2001. Stocks have moved higher. The Dow is up 147 points, and the Nasdaq is adding 13. This is SRN News.
6: The roof was completely gone. All of our memories being wiped away.
17: The rain
8: is what got 20 minutes of sheer terror. You can feel it in your body. I watched the fire move down the canyon. The rumbling
15: of the house. My son started screaming, we're going to die, we're going to die. In the name of Jesus, we are not going to die. At Samaritan's Purse, we bring spiritual and physical aid to hurting people around the world. We go into dangerous situations because in disaster, in disease... In war, Jesus calls us to love our neighbor, to heal the sick, feed the hungry, restore the broken. All who work and volunteer with Samaritan's Purse follow the example of Jesus. We go to serve, not to be served. And we go in Jesus' name. Join us at SamaritansPurse.org. That's SamaritansPurse.org. If you owe $30
14: trillion and you didn't have the money to pay it off, you need to make a lot more money, right? Well, now America's debt is more than $30 trillion, and right now taxes are at historically low levels. So it doesn't take a genius to realize taxes will probably go up. Now, think about your retirement accounts. Do you want to pay taxes on some of that money now when rates are low or later when rates are much higher? Whether you should pay taxes now or in retirement depends on a lot of things. That's why Kirk Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group has a free guide called Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes to help you determine what's best for you. To get your copy of Are You Paying Too Much in Taxes, call or text TAX to 412-515-3555. That's TAX to 412-515-3555. Get this free guide from Kirk Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group now. 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management LLC. Our firm may not give tax advice. People always
10: ask me, why should I call Mr. Rooter Plumbing? Here's why. Our owner Bob Beale learned plumbing from his father who started plumbing in 1964. His father taught him to do it right the first time, and that's what Bob passed on to all of our plumbing technicians today. If you need a plumber, call Mr. Rooter. Always available for big and small jobs. Plus, mention you heard this ad on Word FM and receive 10% off your next service with us. Call 412-Rooter2 today. Word FM presents
7: the Summer Love and Sweepstakes, sponsored by Bachman Roofing & Solar. Enter now for your chance to win the perfect date night for two. August 18th, our grand prize couple will be swept away on our Gateway Clipper dinner cruise, followed by a romantic night stay at the mansions on 5th. Grand prize to be awarded August 11th, followed by three more weekly Dinner for Two giveaways during August. The Summer Lovin' sweepstakes. Sponsored by Bachman Roofing and Solar. Creating lasting relationships with customers for over 50 years. Enter now at wordfm.com.
8: Increasing clouds tonight with a heavy late night thunderstorm. There can be flooding in low-lying and poor drainage areas, the low 74. It'll be humid tomorrow with some sunshine, the high 87. Humid tomorrow night with patchy clouds and a low of 70. Hot and humid Friday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Make sure to stay hydrated when you're outside in this heat. We'll reach a high of 92. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Gaffey, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your
17: hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
2: Thanks for bringing us along on your ride home today. I'm here without John Hall. My on-air partner and friend is testing our friendship by just sending me another picture of a beautiful crashing surf in one of the Carolinas. And I just, I don't even sure I'm liking the pictures at this point. I mean, at first, when he sent them, I was like putting a heart next to them. Then I think yesterday, I moved to the thumbs up. Today, I just might... I just might let it go. It's just, it's a lot. Anyway, uh, Lexi Merritt on the other side of the window here. Happy to have you along uh, for the five o'clock hour, which is going to include summer digital detox. What would that look like? And do you need it? I feel like I do. Usually in the summer up to this point, I have read more books than I have this summer. And I think it's because I've been looking at my phone and my TV too much. So we'll talk to Lisa Anderson about that. Also, in just a couple minutes, Adam Jones will be with me. Uh, We're going to talk about what happens to people who are affected by a culture which worships achievement. And that's probably me, and it might be you, too. So stay close. If you missed any part of our 4 o'clock hour, you can always find our podcast, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Uh, Today we're celebrating the birthday of Lexi Merritt, who's the producer of The Ride Home. Lexi, I wonder if you could uh, – first of all, happy birthday. Thanks. I wonder if you could just remove your headphones and open up the door there. There's a little bag for you outside. (laughs) No, there's not. Are you serious? Oh, my gosh. Now, what's funny about this is that uh, Lexi came into my office today and she said, oh, here's – I was talking about these Russian uh, tea cookies. I call them Russian tea balls. Uh, She said that the place she got them in Murraysville called them uh, wedding cookies. Anyway, she brought one to me today and she said, you have to take these because I'm eating too many of them. Well, (laughs) sadly (laughs) – I stopped on my way in to get Lexi a little birthday treat, and so it's it's gonna get way worse than the cookies, Lexi. You wanna open up what you have there.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
3: hmm <laughs> These look delicious. Yeah, yeah first of all. Yeah,
2: they're like little mini cakes. Yeah, is they, what they are.
3: are little red velvet. I'm assuming yes. that's like raspberry Yeah. That's, or uh, white, that's chocolate raspberry. white chocolate
2: raspberry. Yeah, exactly. Oh
3: man. There's more. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. You are so kind. What do you have there, Lex? Oh, almond torte. Yep, that's the chocolate almond torte, oh, which I've good. never had. I've never had that one. Just chocolate cake. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Chocolate sour cream cake. Oh, that's that sounds I delightful. Know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, so sadly, it's going to get way worse for you, calorie-wise.
3: <laughs> I'm going to take like a bite a day. Exactly. And it's going to last
2: for But you know what? They're, also, they're also freezable oh yeah i asked oh. about that so they're freezable so that's you can, good so your birthday continue your birthday celebration can continue on anyway lex we love you we thank you so much for your good work on behalf of the show john wishes that he was here to have a sample of your little mini cake because <laughs> he would want but forget it because he's at the beach anyway happy birthday to you adam jones coming up next stay with us what happens when we're addicted to achievement
5: WORD.
18: Okay, everybody in the car. Where are we
17: going, Daddy? On
18: an adventure.
17: Yay!
1: Adventures in Odyssey, it's not just a kid's
8: show, it's a show the whole family can enjoy. Listen on this station. Adventures in Odyssey, tonight at 8 on 101.5 Word FM,
18: WORD. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now, and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. Core Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Let's be real. Retirement
1: is expensive, and inflation is making it even harder with the cost of everything going up from pet food to a dozen eggs. Wouldn't it be great if the cost of your health care could go down? Well, Medishare sixty-five plus is ninety-nine dollars a month for ages sixty-five to seventy-four. And for many with Medicare Parts A and B looking at other options, that's fifty percent or more saved per month. No gimmicks, it's ninety-nine dollars a month, and you can use any Medicare approved doctor or facility, and you get twenty four seven access to telehealth from the convenience of your home. Better yet, MediShare is a Christian nonprofit organization. It's a community that will pray for you and encourage you. And since we've cut out the middleman, you get to keep the savings. Call now. You can learn more about MediShare 65+. plus. Here's the number. 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Plan
7: now to join Word FM Friday, August 18th aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From 630 to 9, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The ride homes John and Kathy will be your cruise directors for this amazing night. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinner cruise.
2: We all know that the culture speaks loudly into what we do, into how we think, the music we listen to, the stuff we watch on TV, what we read, uh, social media, if we're a part of it, uh, constantly tells us the news that's important and the things we should be thinking about. Um, But I think back to being in high school and I think about how important achievement was to me. And fast forwarding to college and how important achievement was. And then, boy, it took off when I got my first job. And achievement was nothing in school compared to how I felt about it when I started working. Um, And then I went back to school, and it was the same thing. When I was in art school, I was in a class with only four people, if you can believe this. So it was the teachers and four of us. You want to talk about, like, being pushed to achieve. I mean, you felt like all the eyes were on you all the time because they kind of were, you know, uh, in such a small class, there was such a focus on doing your very best. Now, the good news for me is that I did do my very best and I felt very good about those situations. But there was going to be a time of reckoning in my early 30s when um, my ability to control my uh environment my own achievement uh my productivity all of that Um, was brought into question, and it was a really hard time for me. And I bet a lot of you listening to this right now have gone through something similar. We've invited Adam Jones to be with us. Adam's a former U.S. Army Black Hawk pilot, a senior management consultant. He's the author of Weapons of Mass Deception, Detect and Defeat the Four Weapons, Destroying Your Peace, Purpose, and Power. Adam, glad you're with us. Welcome in.
19: Hey, Kathy. Thanks for having me
2: adam uh before you tell us about the work that you're doing tell us about who you are uh what's your background what have you done uh and how has all of that contributed to get you where you are now
19: yeah so um you know growing up i was always that ambitious type that person who's going to do anything possible to achieve because i thought if i achieved enough eventually maybe i would believe in what other people would say who i am right if if i if I do well enough in life, maybe one day people will convince me of who I am. And the thing was, I was looking in the wrong direction, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I always had a relationship with God. I mean, I'm not someone who, you know, had this moment in time where I decided to give my life to Christ that was consistent and it got deeper over time and there was more evidence of my, you know, my faith. But at the same time, you know, I, I just w- was always this person who was driven. And even to this day, I still am that person Except now what I've learned and God has taught me is that ambition is a great thing, but it must be aligned to your assignment from him, right? And provide space for the other things that he has for you. So uh, that's kind of that. You know, I'm a father of two amazing girls. I've been married for over nine years now. And a big part of my story is that I almost lost my marriage after getting out of the military because um i just had no clue who i was anymore you know i allowed the military to tell me who i was Mm. without realizing you know a lot of people say i lost my identity i think the truth is i never knew my identity
2: and so the military gave you one
19: yeah yeah it told me i was a captain i was a cool black hawk helicopter pilot you know what i always imagined and i'm glad it did that but that doesn't last right Um, It helps me for a while, but eventually those things are stripped away from you, and you say, well, no one's going to like Adam. They like the pilot. They Mm -hmm. don't like Adam. And, and Kathy, I think one of the greatest things I can share with this audience is when you know who God is, and he's revealed himself fully to you, of who he is, and he reveals to you who you are, just like he did with Peter. What happens after that? Life becomes very simple. Um, I might sound a little intense with what I'm going to say next, but God said, "Adam, you are my sound of freedom. When you speak, freedom comes to others." So He gave me a clear picture. This is who you are. This is your identity. It's not what you do. It's not where you live. It's not who you know. It's it's what I say it is. And what's great is when you know who you are, and He tells it to you clearly. I believe you'll see the evidence of that identity throughout your life. Mm.
2: Adam, talk about your decision to go into the military. Um, how old were you and what contributed to that? Why did you want to say yes?
19: Yeah. Did you ever see the movie Black Hawk Down? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I saw that movie as a young, young kid. I was probably, you know, eight years old or so. and Wow. That's a heavy
2: said, movie for an eight-year-old.
19: <laughs> yeah. Eight, 10. I can't remember exactly, but I was definitely young. And I just said, that's what I want to do, you know, when I grow up and, uh, here I am, you know, able to say I was able to accomplish that. So I felt like God put that dream of aviation and military in me at a young age. You know, I come from a military family and always wanted it. But what was interesting was I I didn't get the yeses that I thought I was going to get. You know, I commissioned out of Penn State Army ROTC as a second lieutenant and I didn't get aviation. I I became a military police officer. And I remember thinking, well, okay, my life is over, you know, like, I guess I'll make this work, but I didn't get my dream, you know, and kind of once someone in the military, once you get your branch, that's pretty much it, right? This is what you're going to do. But, you know, one day those doors, uh, I feel like I knocked them open. You know, I just wasn't willing to accept no as an answer. Um, It all makes sense when you look backwards though. You know, I needed to meet my wife. I needed to learn certain things and meet some great people. And then eventually that door opened. Hmm
2: so how many years were you piloting um and was that the was that the culmination was that the dream you thought it would be
19: yeah so at 12 years old i started flying planes at 16 i flew them by myself in the civil air patrol which wow. if i have any civil air patrol people on here it's an unbelievable program i mean you you can be in middle school and high school learning how to fly and lead lead cadets right who maybe one day will become soldiers so I kind of was in that culture my whole life, you know. And then um, I became an officer. Uh, I'm I'm 33 years old now, so I, you know, basically right 18 years old joined the military. I got out three years ago, so I was in for a little over 10 years. Uh, I was a company commander for aircraft maintenance, so I led all the maintenance for the Blackhawks, Chinooks, and Lakotas, and I led a group of about 100 people. Uh, And I'll tell you what, you know, when that stuff ends, you truly are like. That was one thing I've heard is that it's as if your best days are behind you. Yeah, right.
2: You know, I, right. often, I often think about that, Adam, with professional athletes, because I'm a huge sports fan. Um, you You name the sport. I love it. But I, you know, I see when someone retires and I try to put myself in their shoes. And I think that must be a really weird vibe to be exiting something you're still in your 30s thinking that like all of the best stuff in your life is gone it's already over
19: yes absolutely right and and this message actually really connects with athletes that's why you know as someone who like i I was sharing with you the identity that god has revealed to me which i fully believe because people hear me and they go man i feel so free now i feel so you know like like I, i i feel like i i can move with greater confidence and clarity in life and I just think, well, that's just because that's the gift that God gave me. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with what's happening through me for you, right, for that other person. So uh, long story short, you know, I'll speak at colleges and football teams, you know, for different universities or uh, organizations such as that, and they relate to this message because it's 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 people who are mission-minded, who are mission-driven, who can really feel um, a sense of connection, I think, to the language that God gave me specifically for uh, what we call weapons of mass deception.
2: Adam Jones is with me, former U.S. Army Black Hawk pilot. He's a senior management consultant now. He's also author of the book Weapons of Mass Deception, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. Um, so, Adam, you uh, leave the military after 10-plus years, is that right? Yes. Okay, 10-plus years. Uh, you go home. Do you have two kids at that point?
19: I have one one daughter. Uh, she's just a little over a year old. And by the way, that's the reason I left. Okay. Um, things were great, but I could feel the leading of Holy Spirit. Uh, I didn't really have the ability to, I, I would say, like connect, communicate with God in the way I do now, right? To where I can I can hear more clearly, and it's it's been more refined. You know, for a while it was just a feeling. It was just that peace that surpasses all understanding, and I felt a peace to leave. Um, and it was really because I didn't know it, but in the background, a lot of things in my life were falling apart.
2: So when you ke- came home, uh, you have a little daughter and a wife. Did you know things were falling apart at that point? Or did you just kind of sense it as you started to be at home more?
19: Yeah. Wow. Great question. Uh, I had the blinders on.
0: Okay.
19: You know? And I think a lot of us, we teach that, right? Hey, just put the blinders on. Just go for your goals. And I, What God has shared with me is when you put the blinders on, you can't see the people right next to you. Right? You only see where you're going. You don't see who's ready with you. So, um, no, I didn't. I didn't notice it until the tension started to build. You know, a huge, a huge part of my message at this part of my life is that what we suppress in our heart spreads into our home. So I was suppressing tension and stress and anxiety and depression, and it started to pour into the home. And I didn't really notice it because it was in me. So it just seems like it was all around me, not that it was. It was now affecting. My marriage in the way it was or the vibe you know how you walk in someone's house and you can feel that vibe yeah you know everything was was it was unhealthy and what I did is I just performed more I worked harder you know I started a podcast I, I did everything possible to just keep pressing in filling up my schedule thinking that's where I'll make the greatest impact and then maybe everything will get figured out from there
2: so your uh, wife decides that She's questioning the future of your marriage.
19: Yeah, I have a a dream, you know, one night where uh, I couldn't get to my wife, couldn't get to my daughter. And I wake up in a sweat. And then the next day I have the same dream, can't get to my wife, can't get to my daughter. And I tell, you know, it's like 2 a.m. And, you know, Jeff, she's like, what's what's going on? And I said, uh, I'm having the worst dream of my life right now. I just had it twice in two days. She said, what is it? And I told her it. And she said, well, you know, I'm, I'm not happy. And what was so interesting was God gave me that warning. It was like I couldn't listen to the signs around me, but he could give me that dream to wake me up, huh. to show me what my life might look like. And I went down a road of making a lot of decisions and cutting things out of my life, right? And this is what I talked about. Ambition is a good thing if it's properly aligned to your God-given assignments. But for me, my ambition was spreading me been from the greatest assignment that he gave me and wanted me to focus on in that time, which was my family, right? So uh,
2: it's funny that we're talking about this because uh, I had a conversation in the four o'clock hour about how to uh, manage a relationship with God when things are really hectic. And we were talking about how uh, when things are crazy in our lives, it's easy to kind of... Um, reason with yourself and say, well, look, you know, God knows, you know, that I'm busy. He knows everything that's going on, you know, you know, I'll get to it sooner or later. Um, but then there's also the times when you know, there's something that you need to sit with, and you just don't want to do it. You don't want to have yeah. the moment of silence, you'd rather have the radio on or be listening to a podcast or working on a new small business idea or building a deck or something instead of just sitting with it and acknowledging it. I, I, I find that really hard. Uh, I think everybody probably does. Um, but you were in a similar circumstance, I'm guessing.
19: Oh yeah, Kathy. I, and you're, you're, you're hitting right on that area from so many people, right. Where if I just put my headphones in if I just listen to another YouTube video, if I just hear another sermon, you know, like, let me just fill up everything. So I, so I'm not, I don't have to address this moment. And there is a huge secret that God gave me that changed my life. I I learned this in the military. I applied it in business. And even today, I share it almost any time I speak. You know, I spoke at an event called the Big C, which is here in Pittsburgh. There's 180 men and 30 churches represented just a month ago for Father's Day. And I talked about how um, this is just language that God gave me, but that fear falls when we focus on others. And it's the same thing here right now. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to slow down. I don't want to listen, you know, to the voice of the Lord. I just want to force everything. And like, I don't want to address what's happening. Mm-hmm. And my, my thing to anyone who's hearing me right now in this moment is two words, shift, focus, shift, focus, right? It's not like when we look down at ourselves or we try to fill everything else up in our, in our, our mind and our ears and all the senses, We're really usually just focusing on us, which is why we're feeling even weaker. We're feeling less powerful. You know, when we shift our focus and we look up and we look out at the people who need us, this is the greatest, It's I get so passionate about this because, Kathy, I was willing to suffer my whole life feeling that way. Because I thought life's hard, you know, military people think that way. Life's hard, whatever, like this. this isn't that fun right now. It's probably not going to be fun for a long time. Oh, well. But when I could see the pain in my wife's eyes staring back at me across the kitchen, the total exhaustion in her face, I realized this is so much bigger than me. And I need to do something about this now. And I need to cut out all the distractions, listen to the Lord, and let his peace restore my heart.
2: Adam Jones is with me. He's the author of Weapons of Mass Deception, Detect and Defeat the Four Weapons Destroying Your Peace, Purpose, and Power. Um, okay, Adam. So fast forward to now. Um, what is, how has your life, how is your life transforming? Uh, I don't want to talk about it like it's a finished product because none of us uh, oh, is, is living in the middle of a finished product, but hopefully we are all in process. And what's that like for you?
19: Yeah. When I give a message, I would say, um, Hey, will you give me grace to to grow and change mm-hmm. and go on this pilgrimage with the Lord? Right. Because, this is what I believe today. Right. But maybe I'll talk to you in a year and I might, I might change some of my convictions because he might reveal something new. Uh, but yeah, no, life is incredible. Uh, my, my marriage is my absolute strongest area of my life outside of my relationship with the Lord. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think it's Kim Clement who says your place of pain can become your place of rain, mm-hmm. And that's exactly what has happened. It's, it's really interesting when people recognize this, that maybe the enemy was attacking you at the area that you're meant to help the most people with, right? Yeah. Or maybe, maybe not even you were being attacked, but you were hitting the defense because you are the attack. You know, the kingdom is constantly expanding, right? To so the increase of his government and peace, there should be no end. So if we keep pushing out, we're going to hit the defense. And when we hit the defense, we're going to get, you know, beat up a little bit. But maybe it's because this is what I'm supposed to help people with the most. So here I am today speaking to families and and, um, fathers and husbands and uh, leaders of huge companies, I don't want to say huge companies, but leaders of of impactful companies who they're saying, I got to get my marriage right. I got to get my relations with my kids right. And I'm thinking, man, if you would have talked to me three years ago, (laughs) I would have been like, I have no idea what to do to help you. But God took me through that pain and gave me lessons to help others with. So yeah, long story short, it's just, it's, it's God's grace. And he has changed my heart. That's what I say to people. He's, my heart was hardened and now it is healed. And because it's healed, I can help other people with that.
2: Adam, talk about the work you do now.
19: Yeah. So mainly I like to uh, focus a lot on speaking and speaking to different audiences to help them with this exact situation that we're talking about, right? How culture affects us, um, the proper image of the father and how that when we receive the proper image of God, we'll start to reflect the proper image to others. Uh, and then alongside of that, what I call observation-based coaching. A lot of leaders, you know, they, they know they want some leadership coaching in their, in their teams, mm-hmm. but they don't have the time for it. They don't have the time for facilitated discussion all the time and one-on-one back and forth coaching. And, you know, I can understand that pain point. So what I do is I observe people in their environment and give them live feedback afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, And you know, a lot of the people who work with me, they usually find that there's just a small adjustment that made a huge difference and helps with the retention of their team, and uh, make everyone you know feel a little bit more excited to to do what they're doing.
2: Well, that's that's terrific. Uh, It's exciting to see uh, to kind of hear the story and to see where it's brought you. And so, if people are listening and they want to find out more about you or maybe uh, to connect with you in some way, how would they do that?
19: Yeah, the best thing is just go to Adam F, F is in Fred, uh, adamfjones.com. And if you go there, you'll see videos, resources, my podcast called the Leadership Accelerator Podcast with Adam F. Jones. Uh, The book as well, Weapons of Mass Deception, is being purchased by military units right now. Um, You can get that on Amazon or go through my site as well, and I can get that over to you.
2: All right, that's adamfjones.com. Adam, it's been a real pleasure to get to know you. Thank you.
19: Kathy, thank you so much for your time. It's been great talking with yeah, you. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Hope we get, hopefully we can connect at another time. So look him up, adamfjones.com. Maybe he's right for the next event you're doing.
9: Maybe you have a, a junior or a senior in high school and you're thinking ahead, okay, let's go and let, visit different colleges. You, you've done this, right? This is, this is how this works. I remember going with my son when he was an early senior in high school. We went to Grove City College. We were there maybe an hour, and he turned to me and said, this is my school. And I was like, what do you mean? This is the first place we visited. He said, no, this is where I belong. I feel it. I know this is what I want to do.
15: Hmm.
2: Funny. We had a similar situation in our family, except I wasn't on the trip. It was my husband with our daughter, and uh, she was at the end of her junior year in high school Hmm. and took a trip up to Grove City. And she had already kind of decided she was going to go to Pitt. Because I went to Pitt, um, and because she, she kind of grew up in Oakland, she went up there, did the tour, came home, and said, "That's where I want to go." And I said, "Wait what? a minute, you what? Go what?
9: See? What, are you t- what are you talking about? It's your first place, yeah, right?" Yeah,
2: but that's where she wanted to go, and that's where she went.
9: If you've not been to Grove City, you really got to see the place. It's a hundred and eighty-acre campus, beautiful, really inspiring.
2: Mm-hmm.
9: It'll feel like home. So, if your child, junior, senior, in mm-hmm. high school, thinking about where to land. Schedule a visit, yep. and I'm telling you, you're going to love what you see.
2: Find out more information online anytime. GCC.edu. That's Grove City College. John's family loved it. I loved it. You might too.
7: For nearly 100 years, folks have trusted Blue Star medicated ointment to relieve the pain and itching of almost any skin irritation.
3: It works on my son's dry, itching feet and their jock itch. I
1: had this rash on my neck, nothing worked until Blue Star
15: blue star worked great on my ringworm without steroids
18: my wife and i have been using blue star for years it's never let us down
7: look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid
19: section feel
7: blue star work fast or your money back
19: jessica this is the happiest day of my life right up there with the day i bought my rv and insured it with progressive man i love that thing There are a million fish in the sea, which I'm reminded of every time I bring my RV to the lake, but I vow to love and cherish you
13: just as much as I cherish campsites with full electric and water hookups. (laughs) I'm so sorry.
8: Protect your beloved with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
0: Listen on your smart speaker at WordFM.com, the WordFM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
8: Increasing clouds tonight with a heavy late-night thunderstorm. There can be flooding and low-lying and poor drainage areas, the low 74. It'll be humid tomorrow with some sunshine, the high 87. Humid tomorrow night with patchy clouds and a low of 70. Hot and humid Friday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Make sure to stay hydrated when you're outside in this heat. We'll reach a high of 92. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
2: So today you might be aware of, you know, the Hunter Biden story because that's all over the place or, you know, what happened with Mitch McConnell today, or you might have even followed our weird animal story. But listen to what else happened today. Lexi, I'm going to draw your attention to this story in particular. Are you right? Are you ready? Yes. A former intelligence community official testified today, and uh, this was in, uh, this was a bipartisan hearing held by the House Oversight Committee. You ready? Uh, on an alleged covert government program to recover and reverse engineer crashed alien spacecraft. Yes. this So very little press was devoted to this today. I had to go to several different places to kind of get the full story. But check this out. The, the best article I found was in abc.com. David Grush, a member of a previous Pentagon office, um. The, the purpose of the office, I'm going to try to make this a little more understandable than the article does. Um, their job was to investigate UAPs. UAP is an unidentified aerial phenomena. So it's like a UFO. So the UAP is the more like official designation. Anyway, he said he was informed of a multi-decade program while he was working there that Was committed to recovering alien spacecraft and reverse engineering them. Okay, this is not like (laughs) this is not in the Star or the Inquirer. Okay, this is actually what happened today on Capitol Hill. The Pentagon, for its part, said last month that hadn't found any verifiable information to substantiate the claims about crashed alien spacecraft. So back to David Grush. Who's testifying today? He said, My testimony is based on information I've been given by individuals with a long standing track record of legitimacy and service to the country, many of whom have shared compelling evidence, including photographs, including official documents, and oral testimony that is classified. And he is bringing it forward because he wants there to be a commitment to truth and transparency in the U.S. government. So he said, quote, I'm asking Congress to hold our government to this standard and thoroughly investigate these claims. So he's one of the people that testified today. Also, David Fravor, a former commanding officer in the U.S. Navy, and Ryan Graves, who is executive director of the Americans for Safe Aerospace. Um, So. Apparently, Grush testified for quite a long time. Lawmakers were able to uh, ask him questions, but then they said that they would rather talk with him behind closed doors in some kind of secure facility to hear some of the details that he was reluctant to give in um, open testimony. When asked who the committee should call next, he said, quote, I'll provide a cooperative and hostile list of individuals in the government that you should investigate. It's fascinating. So um, Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick was not there today, but he had testified in the past about UAPs. And he said that the vast majority of them are nothing. He said they're readily explainable. There's just two to five percent of reports that contain anything that's unexpected. He downplayed the existence of the secret program. He said, I don't know anything about it. Uh, All these whistleblowers, they don't they seem to have something. But then when you look into it, it doesn't turn out to be anything. Okay, so we have his perspective. Then we have Grush's perspective, who testified today. Also joining him today were two former Navy pilots. Now, the first one, whose last name is Fravor, I believe he's the same guy who I saw in 60 Minutes about a year, a year and a half ago. And did you see this 60 Minutes, Lex? I don't think I did, no. So in this 60 Minutes, um, he was interviewed with several other pilots, and there were several different instances that they talked about. His description of what he saw... Was not like a flying saucer. It wasn't like, you know, aliens with green eyes. It was nothing like that. But it was a thing. It was something in the air that was able to change trajectory. It was able to have immediate propulsion. And it was just acting in a way that nothing he was familiar with could act. Wow. Okay. So... And his story was, uh, on the 60 Minutes program, was backed up by uh, his co-pilot who was there. And then there were several other stories that 60 Minutes highlighted of other pilots who'd seen other things. So I say that because if I would have read this article before seeing the 60 Minutes last year, I would have just passed right over it. Yeah. But seeing this in combination with what I saw in 60 Minutes makes me think that They definitely should be investigated.
0: Oh, for sure. Because
2: every one of those people who has a significant career in uh, aeronautics and in the Navy said, what we saw was just, we don't have any technology capable of that. So either, I mean, it could be some kind of uh, technology developed by a foreign power. But if that foreign power is aggressive and have developed a technology we know nothing about, that's obviously a problem. Yeah, And if it's extraterrestrial... Clearly, we should find out about that. Anyway, uh, the last thing that was said by Fravor, who's this Navy pilot, he said, What concerns me is that there's no oversight from our elected officials on anything associated with our government processing or working on a craft believed to be not of this world. So, is there a program? Is there not a government program? What does it mean? You can read more about it abcnews.com.
0: Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the Spring House in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84.
15: The roof was completely
17: gone.
0: All of our memories being wiped away.
17: The rain is what
7: got 20 us. minutes of sheer terror.
8: And you
0: can feel it in your
1: body. I watched the fire move down the canyon. The rumbling of the
7: house.
15: My son started screaming, we're going to die, we're going to die. In the name of Jesus, we are not going to die. At Samaritan's Purse, we bring spiritual and physical aid to hurting people around the world. We go into dangerous situations because in disaster, in disease, in war... Jesus calls us to love our neighbor, to heal the sick, feed the hungry, restore the broken. All who work and volunteer with Samaritan's Purse follow the example of Jesus. We go to serve, not to be served. And we go in Jesus' name. Join us at SamaritansPurse.org. That's SamaritansPurse.org.
12: I think we can all agree that every moment at Eden shaped us and impacted who we are right now.
7: The faith modeled by teachers at Eden Christian Academy has a profound impact on students' lives.
6: We carry with us more than the academics, but a strong, Christ-centered foundation.
12: I would just like to thank my teachers, my mentors, my family members, and my friends who have done the best they could to help me in this next phase of my life.
7: Eden Christian Academy, enrolling pre-K through 12th grade at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
2: Frustrated with myself because at this point in the summer, usually I've read a lot more books than I have this year. And I I, I was thinking about it last night and I'm just looking at screens too much. It's not just my phone, but I've been, you know, watching TV or doing stuff on my iPad or whatever. And uh, so I thought, do I, do I, I think I need to institute some rules for myself, right? Um, And you might be like me that your phone or your technology is part of your job, So it's not like I can just ditch my phone um, because that's, you know, how I do, how I prepare for the show uh, and get ready on a daily basis. But I, I also have a personal life and it's not like my technology disappears in those hours. So what do I have to do? What should I do is the question and uh, happy to have Lisa Anderson back on the show with me to help me figure it all out. Um, Lisa Anderson is from focus on the family. She's the host of boundless and the boundless radio program. And so Lisa, I'm glad you're here to tell me, do I need a
3: digital detox?
4: <laughs> well, you probably do Kathy, but that's just because I want someone to suffer along with me oh, good. Um, in this. Yeah.
3: So Yeah, I actually had
4: the privilege of getting a book on how to do a digital detox for Christmas from a friend, which was moderately offensive. Um, Uh Uh-oh, that hurts. Yeah, like, what are you telling me? Um, So I actually started in January uh, doing one and realized, I mean, I knew for a long time, like, oh, my goodness, my phone has has reached the point where it's ruling me and something has to be done. So I wasn't too surprised. But... um, Yeah, no, it's hard to dig in. And so I'm glad you're right there with me because, you know, maybe we can talk it out. Okay, good. So you
2: started this in January? I did, yeah. Okay, what did it look like?
4: Yeah, I started with only two things because this is where I think people derail. They try to, like, take on the entire thing at once. You know, like people Mm -hmm. who are like, Oh, I'm going to the beach in two weeks. I need to lose 50 pounds. Okay, well, not possible unless you want to cut off an appendage. So um, what I decided I was going to do is two things. I was going to do my best to stay off of social media at night. So like you, I have to do a lot of social for my job. I have to stay up on trends. I have to be very connected uh, during the day. Mm -hmm. What does that look like at night for me? I don't need to be scrolling through TikTok or Reels and watching random goats, you know, falling (laughs) over or cats doing all manner of things. So I tried to limit that. The other thing that I did, which was totally bananas, but I went after it, is I decided to shut my phone off entirely on Sundays. And actually Sabbath. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, so but I have done it for the most part on most Sundays. And it is literally waking up to the to the phone, turning it off and not turning it on until late that night when I have to check what's going on on my Monday. And I can tell you, um, I'm actually listening to my sermon at church. I actually am having conversations with people. (laughs) I'm actually, like, it was really directly approaching and pursuing a Sabbath for myself. And so it is really hard. Um, But those are the two things that I've been doing. And that's not even bringing into uh, the realm of... Like what do I do about TV? What do I do about gaming? What do I do about? I mean, there's all kinds of other things I could work on as well. But I took those two as my primary.
2: Wow. Okay. First yeah. off, I, I'm proud of you. Uh, person <laughs> oh, to person, sorry. I am proud of you. Uh, second of all, so
4: what? Like what? What changes have you have you seen changes? I have, and you know, uh, and here's what I, I want to mention specifically on a Sunday one. People have to be prepared, especially if you're going to do something that's pretty drastic like that. People will actually try to sabotage you. Um, so in my in my case, the Sunday thing, my own sisters tried to sabotage me. I got a lot of grief from them about like, well, you know, we can't have you be unreachable. What if there's an emergency? Mm-hmm. What if there... And I'm like, OK, y'all are in a different state than me. So what actually are we going to be doing for one another in the case of emergency? That said, uh, you know, several of my friends whom you could call and, and reach me if there's an emergency. But this this idea that people want us to always be reachable yes. or they want us to always be at, you know, at their beck and call kind of. And and so you have to be prepared for that. What I have seen as far as gains is um, I have noticed that I look forward to Sundays because it just sets a different tone for my entire week. Mm -hmm. So I have been able, and one of the things I did on the front end, Kathy, and this is, I would recommend this to everyone who's going to go after this, write down a list of what you actually will be able to do with your time if you are not on digital technology. And hopefully they're good things. And so for me, it was like, wow there are those few books that I would love to read. And why am I not reading them? Or I would love to sit on my back deck and just stare out at the mountains. You know, I'm here in Colorado. I would love to have the freedom to do that and not be checking notifications or responding to texts or work emails or whatever. And so I made those motivators for me to go after it and be like, These are the kinds of things, or something productive. What's a project at home I want to work on? So those are the things that make me realize that it's not, I'm not giving up something. I'm actually trading something, and it's something better.
2: That's so true, because I think, this just happened to me last night, because it was nighttime, and I was on social media, exactly what you said you've sworn off, and for good reason, because I need to swear off of it. But I, I got up. After spending who knows how much time on social media. And I thought to myself, gosh, like my knees hurt. Like I had been sitting for so (laughs) long that my knees hurt. And I said, like, I have a problem. This is crazy. Like I just I that that can't be. And time just slips by and I could be doing a ton of other things with that time.
4: Well, it's so true. And as if we don't need more motivation, let's just talk about the addictive nature of digital technology and social media. There are actual physiological things that go on in us, and people don't want to admit this because it just smacks of like weird addictive behaviors, but it really is. (laughs) So, I mean, the dopamine release that happens in our brains when we get likes and comments and notifications and nudges on our social media is a real thing, and we actually will have to get more of that, just like as if we were doing heroin or something. We yeah. have to get more of that in order to, to meet, meet that, same, that same high. It delays the re- release of melatonin. So people that are on their phones at night, that blue light is keeping them from going to sleep. Not to mention avoidance coping, the fact that we use phones and social and everything else for procrastination of things that we should be doing to distract us from pain. Um, It it shortens our attention span. So this is why, I mean, we talk about this in terms of kids and teens, but I think we adults need to start looking at ourselves and realize, why can't I even hang with this conversation anymore? Mm -hmm. It's because I don't have an attention span and my phone has trained me against that.
2: Right. That is so true. Lisa Anderson's with me. She's the director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family and host of the Boundless Show weekly podcast and radio show. Um, Lisa, okay, so since you've experienced some success, uh, is this urging you to take another step?
4: <laughs> um, it kind of is. So, and again, I have to get back to things that I remember as being huge wins for me. So one that I think of often is I went uh, some years ago now with friends on a cruise. And I remember this was back when I think I even brought a digital with me. Um, and I remember thinking, we're going to be in international waters. I'm too cheap to buy the Wi-Fi or the phone plan for on board. So I'm just going to put my phone in the safe and leave it. Mm-hmm. Well, Kathy, I did that. And I remember that vacation more than any other that I have taken because I was forced to actually live in the moment and experience my vacation instead of doing a bunch of stuff online, even quote unquote good things like sharing with the rest of the world my vacation. You know, I mean, who cares? They're not there. Why do they need to participate? So thinking of those as motivators. Now, one thing I would say. Here's another thing I need to go after. And I mean, everyone listening, raise your hand if you do, too. When we get into binge watching TV shows and there are elements of FOMO that come into play here because you don't want to show up at work and have everyone talking about this amazing show and you don't know anything about it. Okay, but I know people who are like saying to me you know, these are Christians who are like, I can't volunteer at church. And yet I know that they are legitimately keeping up with four or five television series right mm-hmm. now. Okay. Right. <laughs> so yeah, no, get, you're right. Not to get totally judgy, but you know, quite frankly, I will. Um, that's just not okay. And that is not, we are giving our time away to things that are just frittering like time and attention and worth when there are so many better things we could be doing, including meeting up with friends, investing in other people's lives. So I think the whole entertaining ourselves to death phenomenon is something that I personally am going to try going after as well.
2: Well, listen, more power to you.
4: (laughs) Thank you. Okay, I want to check back. (laughs) You're supposed to be doing this with me. No, no. I am. No, No, I I totally am.
2: And here's the thing. Uh, You've inspired me, and I'm going to make some changes. And so we need to check back in 30 yeah. And we need to say, Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? John Hall won't have known anything about it. And that's fine. He can be and he can be a, a, like an arbiter, like in yeah. the middle and just be interested to see what happens. And well,
4: then we can make him feel bad. Yeah, we'll just make it Yeah. Good. Listen, okay. that would be
2: very easy. So I think we could definitely yeah. go down that road. All right, let's do it. Well, thank that you. Sounds Lise. Like a blast. Okay, I'm turning off my phone on Sunday. So text me on Monday. Do it. Okay. Bye. That's Lisa Anderson, director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family Finder, the Boundless Show weekly podcast and radio show.
20: I sat through probably my 40th Memorial Day parade recently, but on this particular day, I was kind of being a negative Nelly. It was scorching hot. There were a zillion people fighting for the same four parking spots and no disrespect, but there were a lot of clowns. See, Negative Nellie. But as I sat there all embarrassing-like, I was hit smack upside the head with a big dose of perspective as our veterans marched by and as thousands of people stood to our feet and gave the incredible men and women the thank you they deserve and reminded me I've got nothing to be negative or Nellie about. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And veterans, you should know that the government offers you some significant advantages on new home purchases and cash-out refinances. Things like 0% down on purchases, no PMI, and the ability to cash out a higher percentage of equity than most. If you're curious, it would truly be our honor to try to help at United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, in New York. NMLS
13: number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672.
18: Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. major... Major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Tell me why Relief Factor
6: is so successful at lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question just the other night. I was asked that question. Well, the owners of Relief Factor tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal. And I agree with them. And the doctors who formulated Relief Factor for them selected the four best ingredients. Yes, 100% drug-free ingredients. And each one of them helps your body deal with inflammation. Each of the four ingredients deals with inflammation from a different metabolic. Pathway. That's the point. So, approaching from four different angles may be why so many people find such wonderful relief. If you've got back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it'll work for you. It has worked for about 70% of the half a million people who've tried it and have ordered more. I'm one of them. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800 for relief to find out about this offer. Feel the difference.
2: We're just wrapping up this edition of The Ride Home. I want to give you a little sneak peek into something I'm working on for next week. Um, it is not of great importance, I will tell you that, but it will be fun. Um, I have ordered a uh, a, uh, a bunch of brands of potato chips um because of a recent story that just came out yesterday in Bon Appetit magazine uh the best tasting potato chip brands so Lexi and John and I are going to be tasting them uh one day on uh next in during uh next week's programming and we look forward to that um they should all be arriving by Monday so I'll have them all in place some of them I guarantee you've never heard of it's very exciting so kind of looking ahead to that um the best selling potato chip brands in America Uh, Are you ready for this? Because I think some of these might be a surprise. Um, Lex, what do you think is the best-selling potato chip brand in America? I'm assuming it's Lay's. Yes, you are correct. You are correct. Um, I'm going to read you the top 10. Okay, so number 10 is Golden Flake. What? Exactly. (laughs) I've never heard of Golden Flake. But that's number 10. Interesting. Number nine, Pop Chips. I think those are the puffy ones. Oh, like puff corn kind of? Yeah, but it's they look like, I think they look like waffle fries, but they're like puffy. Huh. Anyway, that's number nine. I thought that was a big surprise. Wise is number eight. Okay. That's John Hall's favorite chip. Seven, hers. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan. I think they're a little greasy for me. Yeah, exactly. Number six, Cape Cod. Oh, that should be much higher. Listen, that is a delicious chip. I'll tell it's you right now. It's the best chip. Top. Uh, Kettle Brand is five. Interesting. I'm surprised. i Cod's not. I on know. Top. I've never had Kettle Brand. Neither have I. Uh, three is Pringles. Hmm. I think that they taste fake. Yes. And are, are Pringles not, chips? Well, they. I don't think they're actually made from potato flakes. They're not even really made from potatoes. Oh, then well, that doesn't count. <laughs> Number two is Ruffles. Oh, okay, yeah. I enjoy a ruffle. Yeah. I those like are so to get delightful. back to the basics. And of course, number one is Lay's. So think about it tonight. Those are the top 10 best selling potato chip brands. Next week, we're going to do a, a live taste test here on the Ride Home. So we'll be looking forward to that. More information to come. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great night, Pittsburgh.
1: The
18: Ride Home
1: with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.